What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It is Wednesday, July 1st, and under any other normal circumstance, we'd probably be talking about free agency today. But alas, we are talking about when will hockey be back? And if there is any indication as to the news that has broken over the last 12 to 24 hours, we may be getting clarity on that real shortly. But welcome back, everybody. Hope you all are doing safe, doing well. I am Danny Webster, and I do appreciate you stopping by for today's episode as we are going to uh, discuss what could be a very good Canada Day for those in Canada who love hockey and are itching for it to come back with the Hub City situation seemingly on lock. But before we do that, usual housekeeping items out of the way first before we get started, Especially to those of you who are listening to this podcast for the very first time, welcome to you. This is normally, under other circumstances, a daily podcast talking about the Vegas Golden Knights here on the Locked On Podcast Network, which you can find on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher, or wherever else you consume your podcasting. We're more than likely on there. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On VGK. You can follow me on Twitter at Danny Webster Twenty One. Or if you like sending emails, because emails, you know, e- the, the good hearty email is never a dull thing. I, I, I always want you people to remember that. And I shouldn't say you people, that sounds a little rude. I want you all, my friends, I guess would be a better way of putting it, to always consider sending emails to each other. If you'd like to send an email to me, whether you do or not, it's totally fine. But LockedOnGoldenKnights at gmail.com is the place to do that. And again, I appreciate you taking some time out of your day to uh, listen to this here pod, and hopefully this gets you through a good portion of your day. So... Latest news coming out of the NHL world is that the Hub City situation appears to be set and the whole talk about Las Vegas potentially being a Hub City has now gone down in complete and disruptive flames. As we've been talking about here and there for the better part of since we came back to the show last week and how we've talked about it even leading up to this point, Las Vegas was considered by most a lock to be a one of the two hub cities for the NHL to resume play and eventually award the Stanley Cup. But given the recent events in this city over the last couple of weeks, last few weeks, really the last month in general, that does not appear to be the case. The uh, latest spike in COVID-19 cases And the broader uncertainty of what to expect in this city and in this state going forward has promptly, according to reports, moved the NHL's thinking to having both hub cities be in Canada. And as of right now, which is 5.43 a.m., the latest report from Bob McKenzie confirming what has been reported since yesterday from TSN and Sportsnet is that the two hub cities for the return to play will be Edmonton and Toronto. If I had to make a guess, likely it will be the Western Conference being in Toronto and the Eastern Conference being in Edmonton because the Oilers and the Maple Leafs are both taking part in this return-to-play process. So what does this all mean? First of all, I think it's good that we're at least getting close to locking down what it is that we're expecting over the next... uh, Really, a couple of weeks. You know, we've been talking about how hopefully 
getting hockey back on track in a safe and effective way is of the utmost importance. Now, given the fact that Canada really has had a good grasp on COVID-19 as compared to the United States, because, you know, again, look at Nevada for just an inkling of an example. To me, this, at the end of the day, it makes sense. It makes sense to, one, put it in Canada because it's going to be cheaper to house these teams. And two, really, I mean, we can talk about respective governments every now and then, but it wouldn't make a difference. But the point of the matter is, is that it just seems like a feasibly smarter decision to put these teams in Canada and get the ball rolling uh, with awarding the Stanley Cup. Now, part of the holdup, according to reports, as far as this is concerned, part of the holdup as to announcing the Hub Cities and making sure that the NHL and the NHLPA have at least a solid plan in place to resume this has been uh, predicated on the new collective bargaining agreement, which give the Players Association and the league a lot of credit on this, even throughout this entire pandemic and throughout this entire uh, uncertainty that has revolved around the hockey world. The fact that they have been able to hash out a lot of key details in this new CBA to not only get the ball rolling in these next couple of months, but to also ensure that we might not be looking at a work stoppage beyond next year, I think should be commended greatly for a lot of people involved in the process. Now, a couple of things as far as the CBA is concerned, not to be confirmed at this time. One of the things that a lot of people have been wondering in regards to this new CBA that is eventually going to be right or not, we'll also we'll get some clarity soon on whether NHL players would be allowed to participate in the Winter Olympics going forward. And obviously it hasn't been the case for the last couple of Olympics, but it, that's been something that a lot of people have been wanting, and it's going to create definitely some breaks in the schedule, which, I mean, not bad, I, I don't think, not bad. So that is one key that has been discussed. The other thing that has been discussed, part of this CBA and the agreements on Phase 3 and Phase 4, is that according to Frank Saravalli, uh, it is going to give the players a chance to opt out which if you've been seeing the latest rumblings throughout the NHL Players Association, I know uh, you know Frederick Anderson of the Maple Leafs is one of the players that have been spoken out. I know I mentioned last week The Athletic has done a terrific piece on a lot of players who are feeling very uncomfortable about the situation. And we really haven't had that instance yet where players feel uncomfortable to the point where they can opt out. And according to these reports... It does appear that the players are going to get that option. And if that is the case, one, thank God, because that makes a whole lot of sense. Because if you're not feeling comfortable, I'm not going to put, if I'm not feeling comfortable going out there, I don't care if it's in a confined bubble and whatnot. If I still feel that there is a risk that I am going to catch something, I don't want any part of it. Now, this doesn't help matters knowing that the NHL announced that 15 more players have tested positive for COVID-19 since phase two began. So really that's not good if you think about it that way, but 
if the NHL can somehow keep this contained for as long as they can, they're going, hopefully they're in good shape. Again, Canada has been very proactive in making sure that everything is accounted for in the right and proper channels. Now, is it going to pay off? We'll see. We will absolutely see. Again, given the current timeline, everything is supposed to ramp up again starting this month. Training camps. Uh, The first bit of qualifying games are supposed to take place, which we'll talk about that in a little bit on a completely different level. But you take all of that into consideration. If everything is supposed to be on track to starting this month, then... I guess it'll be a good Canada day for everyone involved unless someone makes a last minute swerve and is like, you know, Las Vegas, we'll give it to you. I, I don't I don't think at this rate that it's going to happen. It, it would really it would really be a shock at this point if Las Vegas was still even remotely considered. The fact that we haven't heard anything from Los Angeles or Chicago in that matter kind of shocks me. I think people forgot about L.A. and Chicago once Las Vegas became like the full on, you know, front runner. But now that's not the case. So it appears Toronto, Edmonton are the likely hub cities for the NHL's return to play. And if you're a fan of wanting to get hockey back on track, that might be the best case scenario. All right. So I mentioned earlier when it comes to these qualifying rounds that are going to pre- they're going to predicate, I should say, the official round of 16 that will dictate who wins the Stanley Cup this year. There has been a lot of talk over the last couple of days, and rightfully so, about the NHL's draft lottery, which was a complete and utter, entertaining albeit, complete and utter dumpster fire. Uh, there, we, we know that there will be a team that will be taking Alexis La, Alexi Lafreniere Number one overall in the draft at some point, whenever that draft is. The fact that we don't know what team that is, one is kind of scary, two only increases more intrigue for the draft, but is going to hurt the authenticity of this play in round. And what do I mean by that? Pretty much, you have 16 teams. Eight of them will advance to the the official round of 16 Stanley Cup playoffs. Eight the team the eight teams that lose are basically going to get a 12.5% chance of landing the number 1 pick in the draft and will be adding Alexi Lafreniere to a really I mean it's a playoff caliber team. No matter who loses, no matter who gets the number 1 pick, at the end of the day it is a Bonafide playoff caliber team, and you look up and down the line of which teams could really lose in these playoff series. Any one of these teams that grab Lafreniere, they're going to be stacked. Like you look, you look up and down the board of these teams that one could lose, two again challenging the authenticity might want to lose to get the number one overall pick. I mean, I I don't, obviously you're not going to get a team to come out and instantly say, yeah, yeah, we're totally not going to go forward. We don't even want to play. The fact that we can actually get out of this and still have Lafreniere is ridiculous. 
But that is where we are right now. Team to be determined is going to be taking Alexi Lafreniere in the draft, whenever that may be. And, you know, when the NHL came out with this return to play proposal and figuring out how to get these matchups going and figuring out how to proceed the best way possible to award a Stanley Cup winner this year, I initially thought, you know what, probably the best thing to do would be to take the top four teams in the wild card, have them play a best of three or best of five, and then throw them into the mix and then go from there. That way, at least you get straight to this field of 16 and you're pretty much set to go. You've given these teams now 24 teams, basically. Well, technically 16, but you've given 24 teams a chance to win the cup. I am all for making sure that the best team possible, given the current climate of the standings, make sure the best team possible is the one deserving of winning the cup. I am all for that. I am all for this process. But now the fact that the fact that there was even an inkling. Now I'm not saying that it was guaranteed the minute that the draft lottery uh, situation was even announced when when you talk about how to have a draft lottery in phases and you have a process that sounds more convoluted and more confusing than a game of Clue. When you take into account that you now have 16 teams really caught in a crossfire of, A, do I want to play for the Stanley Cup? Do I feel like my team can actually get into the the field of 16 and actually have a chance of winning? Or do I think that I have a better chance of landing Alexi Lafreniere with the number one overall pick? Now, a team like the Penguins... I don't see them going, you know what? I'm just going to completely just, but I don't see Jim Rutherford just waking up one day and going, you know what? I feel like when we start play, just sit Sydney, sit Malkin, sit everybody. Just bring, just have the entire AHL team be your roster of 28 if that's even possible. You know what I mean? Just, just have that there. And then that way, uh, Montreal can beat us. They can go on to the to the Stanley Cup playoffs, and we'll just add Lafreniere to an already stacked championship pedigree organization. I don't think that's going to happen. Nor do I want to think a team like the Toronto Maple Leafs would think that happens. But say the Maple Leafs lose. You mean to tell me that there's not a conspiracy theory out there? No matter who loses... In this qualifying round, there is going to be a conspiracy theory over that particular team. And that kind of sucks because given what the NHL decided to do, the NHL wanting to do this best of five qualifying round, as the time went on, I was like, you know what? That's probably going to be the most exciting thing for any of us to, to sit back, Watch some competitive hockey. Watch the top four teams in the conference go through their round robin. That's going to be fantastic. So they have something to play for. But at least give these qualifying rounds some meaning and some merit. And at the end of the day, yeah, they're going to have some merit because they're going to determine who's actually going to play for the Stanley Cup. But now the fact that whether you want to believe it or not, whether you think that the NHL had something to do with it or not, I, I don't think they did. But if you think that way, of course, you're going to be on the side of the conspiracy theory that 
if X team loses, then obviously they're going to get Y chances to land Z player. If the, if that algebra even makes remotely any sense, you take all of that into account and you wonder, is it even worth it at that point? Do, do I do? I don't want to necessarily say, cause you know, obviously, you know, my affiliation with the league, I have to be very careful in how I present this. Do I think given the current landscape of this, is it going to create some sort of intrigue? Oh, it's going to create some buzz on social media. Do I think it's going to create some intrigue? Yeah, it will. But given the work of the draft lottery for the last number of years, are any of us really surprised that it has resulted in this? I don't know. Every year there's something different with the draft lottery. Something happens every year that makes us go, why? And this is another one of those reasons. I don't think there will be teams that will purposely tank to to just get a chance, a one in eight chance of landing the number one overall pick. I don't, at the end of the day, I don't think that's possible because if you have a chance to get in the field of 16 and if you have a chance to actually win the dang thing, then you're going to go full regalia for that. And at the end of the day, I think that's what's going to happen. But you can't tell me that when you're going to sit down and watch these matchups, these best of five qualifying rounds, that you're thinking, okay, well, this team wants to win it more than this one, so this team clearly doesn't want to go forward. They want to get a chance to draft Lafreniere. And I mean, the whole draft lottery in itself, that w- the fact that a to-be-determined team has the, has the odds for the number one overall pick, that is just only one of the things that is most mind-boggling of this whole situation. The Ottawa Senators have two picks in the top five. They were gifted a lottery pick by way of the San Jose Sharks. And somehow, not even with their own pick, but with San Jose's pick, they ended up in the top three. But Ottawa, the, the organization that it has become, somehow, some way, is not in position to draft number one overall. The Los Angeles Kings, who are on pace to have the most stacked prospect pool in the Pacific Division, if not quite the league at this point, they're going to be sitting at number two drafting Quinton Byfield. And the minute they do, he he adds another element to that prospect pool that is just ridiculous. And if I am a team that needs some stock bought into, the Kings are that team. And yet I got through those and I didn't even mention the Detroit Red Wings who have won two games all of this year and somehow, some way, found themselves drafting fourth. You cannot be that bad and somehow draft number four. I, I, I refuse to believe that that is even possible. But God help Steve Eisenman. In that instance. And then you go through like the Buffalo Sabres with everything they're going through and they just fired Jason Botterill and just everything that they've been dealing with for the last number of years. And Jack Eichel is tired of losing and they get stuck with the eighth overall pick. And the city of Buffalo is up in arms about how the Sabres still cannot get the bright amount of luck to move forward and be a competent organization. Everything 
about the draft lottery is giant. It's a weird situation. And we're sitting here wondering, is it even worth it to believe that a team that loses in the qualifying round is worthy of, of this ridiculousness? I don't know. I honestly do not know for the life of me what's going to happen. But I can tell you this. There will be people. And there will be people, I'm telling you right now, there will be people who will jump the minute they see a team that should not be losing. They will be right on it to say there is a conspiracy theory in the works. Do I think it's a legit thing? No. But you be on social media long enough, you start to see what a lot of people think. No doubt in my mind, this is going to be one of the biggest conspiracy theories that we will come across in, in at least the current landscape of the National Hockey League. All right, so that, I mean, I pretty much hit everything that I wanted to hit on today. Um, actually, you know what? I did want to talk a little bit about Lifeguard Arena, the future headquarters and practice arena of the Henderson Silver Knights got a chance to take a tour last week to see where it's come across. It's supposed to be opening in the fall, whether it actually is used in the fall, who in the world knows, but it is supposed to open in the fall. And I got to tell you, not a lot of people think about downtown Henderson as a place to be. You know what I mean? Like you, you don't go to Water Street and think, you know what? I kind of want to hit up a bar somewhere over here today. That's not something that a lot of people think about. And I was kind of having this conversation with Justin Emerson and Las Vegas Sun on our way back to the car, to our cars after we got done with this. And he, he kind of put it right on the button. Downtown Henderson is going to be a place to be in a couple of years. I think the way that they are kind of revitalizing that area Yet you still get your old rustic, uh, old school Henderson look. You still have like the foundation of which it was built on. But they are the city of Henderson is doing a lot to ensure that downtown Henderson is really a place to be. And when I say it that way, clearly what I mean by that is what what the Golden Knights organization has done with this practice facility. It really is incredible. It it truly is remarkable what they've been able to do. Now, this practice facility is going to be, you're going to find a lot of similarities in it compared to City National Arena. The one thing that I would say that the Golden Knights organization has done as far as preparing for the eventual opening of of this building there were a lot of kinks that were pointed out during this tour that I and a few of my colleagues went on that City National has that they really didn't prepare for. The, the, little, the little kinks that they're ironing out with this new arena is going to make it, I think, seamless when they eventually open. There's going to be two rinks, much like City National Arena, um, one being a main practice rink, the other one being a main skating rink for those who want to visit there. Um, 
there, there's going to be a lot. Like there's going to be another McKenzie River pizza, which for those who enjoy the uh, the gallantry of um, McKenzie River, you're getting that at this new arena as well. It is also going to be, there's also going to be patio seating, which I think is awesome. So you can overlook uh, the quarter, the corner, the quarter, the corner of water and Atlantic and watch the cars go by. And then, of course, you know, people watching whatnot while you eat your pizza. I think that's really, really cool. Um, pretty much everything is looking pretty much the same. There are about, I counted about four or five different entrances to get into Lifeguard Arena, which if you go to City National, there's only two, really. There's only two entrances in the front. There's about four or five around the entire building. So that that's also interesting. And there's also going to be a bridge from Lifeguard Arena over to the new Henderson Plaza, which is currently under construction and is supposed to be completed uh, between six months and a year from now, from what I've been told. So all of that, it sounds awesome. I, I mean, that it looked really good. I mean, the fact that the only downside was is that you're wearing a mask in an open building and it was 104 that day and you made it like, oh man, this is going to take forever. But in reality, it's coming along nicely and it looks, it's going to look like a revamped City National. They, they made it clear they didn't want it to be like City National light. They wanted to go above and beyond to make sure that it didn't look anything like that. And when I you know, was walking around, they they look like they're having a, they've got the right idea with this place. And when it opens and when they eventually revitalize downtown Anderson, I, I think just the way that the Golden Knights organization is kind of taking over the city of Henderson in a good way, I think it's going to be very beneficial. It's going to be very beneficial to those who already live in that area. And it's going to be very beneficial to those who I think want to go there, but haven't really found an, a reason to go there. So it, it's a very exciting time, I think, to uh, be a resident of Henderson. I know that there are still a good number of people who are, I, I want to say, agitated <laughs> over the prospect of this new arena that'll be taking over the uh, the Pavilion Center on Paseo Verde. But um, I think at the end of the day, it's going to create excitement for a lot of people. I think it's going to be be a hub that I don't think the people of Henderson really expected. And I think they're going to enjoy it at, at some point. It's going to take a while there. It's, it's like with any new team, it's like with any new, uh, it's like anything new in general, you know, it's, it's going to take time for people to warm up to it. And I, I think at some point, uh, you're going to see a vast majority, if not more, uh, be on board with this. I, I think what the silver Knights are going to bring to the city of Henderson is going to be, going to be good for the city and i think it's going to be good for the community and it's going to be a lot of fun especially for those who can't afford to go to golden knights games and you know they they can't make the drive all the way to Summerlin, but they want to see you know actual professional hockey practices they can just go to lifeguard arena watch the silver knights practice and then make the short drive to orleans for the next couple of years and enjoy some hockey so i think it's going to work out for everybody um I think it's going to work out for everybody in general. So that's pretty much it. I not not a whole lot to report on as far as the tour as that tour went, but it was actually really entertaining and uh, 
looking forward to being there when it's fully open and fully air conditioned because I, again, I don't mind wearing a mask in 104 degree heat in an open building. Not a good combination. Not a good combination. All right, guys, that is going to do it for today's episode. Uh, if there's any more updates as far as the hub cities go or whatnot, we'll probably be back again tomorrow to discuss what in the world is going on. Um, but yeah, be on the lookout for that. Until then, thank you for downloading, sharing, subscribing, listening, all that jazz. Uh, if you'd be so kind as to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, it'd be greatly appreciated. It helps people find the show and helps you know how I'm doing. Uh, whether you think I'm pretty decent or whether you think I suck, that's okay. I am all for the criticism. I know I'm not the best podcaster in the world. I'm not the best when it comes to formulating complete sentences sometimes. But in any event, and, and I say a lot of things like in any event, um, all feedback is welcomed. All feedback, all feedback is great. And I do appreciate it even if you leave the littlest of feedback. It's very much appreciated. So Thank you, guys. We'll be back again either tomorrow or we'll be back again Friday with any other updates. And hopefully, if we are on pace to get hockey back, we will have more coming to you. So until then, I am Danny Webster. This has been Locked On Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And I will see you next time sometime later this week. Have a good one.